thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is That Paleo Show with your hosts, Stephanie Wozalik, Dr. Yana James, and Dr. Brett Hill. Welcome to That Paleo Show, making the paleo lifestyle easy and accessible for everyone. I'm Stephanie Wozlick. I'm Dr. Yana James. And I'm Dr. Brett Hill. We talk a lot about campfires and being out in nature on the show, but we thought we'd perpetuate the caveman stereotype even more today and tell you that we do in fact go camping and we do sit around campfires as often as we can. Um, well, almost all of us do, at least. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting stared at here. Yeah, I, I have a confession to make. I haven't camped for quite some time. <laughs> Although, <laughs> my very I was born December 15th, and my very first camping trip was uh, for New Year's Eve. So I would have been less than two weeks old when I first went camping, which I think is a pretty good claim. And mum was cleaning, you know, nappies in the lake and that sort of thing. Which sounds great, doesn't it? Anyway, <laughs> um, my last camping, oh, I'd have to say, would have been when I was about 15. Um, but I love it. I just haven't been since because I don't know how to do it without my dad around. And so I'm really looking forward to this episode to learn how. And, and let's remember, I grew up in Malaysia and went to school with princes and princesses. So I did get a little bit of princess treatment and I've kind of stuck to it from there. I like my five star. I do like campfires too, though. So let's, yeah. yeah. And just reminding our North American audience that... December and January would have been warm here. Yes. So she was, <laughs> was even though she was two weeks old, it wasn't like extreme winter camping. No, I don't no. think my parents would have done that to me. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, I'm definitely into camping. Like, I, I actually have a campfire spot in my own backyard. That's how much I like camping. And so, um, yeah, I love camping. I grew up camping. Like, my parents, we would go camping. I was in Cubs. I was in Scouts. I did Ventures. I did, uh, you know, hiking, abseiling, you know, every, you name it. I was, I was into it and into the outdoors and fishing and all that sort of stuff. So I'm looking forward to this one. It's going to be fun. Right up my alley. Yeah, me too. And I love camping too. And I definitely did... Um did camping at least once a year, most years growing up. Um, once in a while, we'd camp in the backyard. And I know my parents are listening to this going, you remember that? <laughs> but, but yeah, no, I, we camped a lot. We did more of the car camping variety where you pack as much stuff as you can into a car and your tent is big and your sleeping bags are big. And then you go to a campsite and it's all good. Um, now I've tried to minimize that a little bit. And so our gear is getting smaller and smaller with the hopes of doing an actual backpacking trip. Um, but I just want to preface this episode by saying we're always is going to be talking about tent camping. We're not talking about caravanning or motorhome camping or anything like that. This is hardcore Bear Grylls stuff, right? No. <laughs> well, it's like medium core. I'd say it's medium core. So, you know, my camping experience, we used to, I'm sure we used to go camping at least five or six times a year. So I did do a lot in those first, first 15 years of life. And, um, it was cool. I loved it. So I, I think probably the reason that we haven't is I just don't know how to do it. And Dad's bought me the stuff, right? I have a, a shed full of it. 
but I, my husband didn't do much camping and yeah I don't know how to set things up and um, so and there's no Wi-Fi when you're camping, so that's another thing that just kind of deters my no gorgeous, geeky husband. So, but sometimes there is, though. Depends on where you go. Seriously, we went to the um, Styx Valley in Tasmania, which is like this really remote, you know, natural wildlife, and the the greenies were there because they wanted to save the forest because it's this amazing forest and should be saved. And we went there, and they were tree sitting up the top of this tree that was like. 80 metres up in the air and they were living up there and they had Wi-Fi because they were doing <laughs> interviews all over the world from the top of the tree. It was That's like the cool. coolest thing ever. Right, so no Luke excuses, would, Luke. Luke would definitely love that. That <laughs> yeah. was awesome. Well, and the other excuse I think a lot of people have is the wildlife Right. Oh, so if no, you're not in, no, not, not for not you. For me. Well, you grew up in Australia. You're used to the snakes <laughs> and the spiders. I will admit that camping in New Zealand was blissful because I didn't have to worry about snakes or spiders. But I also didn't have to worry about bears. So in Canada, you're always worried about bears. You've got to either keep your food in the car. You don't bring any food or toothpaste even into the tent because bears can get like they're attracted to all that scent stuff. And yeah, yeah. you. You probably shouldn't even wear the same clothes that you were cooking your gorgeous steak with. Wow. I would, I would, I never do at least. Um, I went to one campsite in Lake Louise that actually had an electric fence all the way around it to keep the bears out. Wow. Uh, see, I, like, I've never been camping where there's bears. I've never seen a bear, but all I can picture is like Yogi Bear coming and like, stealing <laughs> people's picnic baskets. Yeah. Oh, and the other thing is if you're camping in Canada, don't spray your tent with bear spray because it's meant to be sprayed in a bear's eyes, not because they, they actually enjoy the taste of it. They just, oh. it's like cayenne pepper being sprayed in their eyes, though. Oh, right. So some people right. think it's bear repellent, which it is not. It is just bear spray. So the bear will come and eat your tent. Nice. I've been, um, I've been attacked by a kangaroo, an emu, and by possums. So, and I've also had lots of nice experiences with possums. And my brother is a snake attractor. Like, wherever we went camping, Josh would be walking down the trail. We'd all walk through, and then Josh would be like, ah, snake. And it, it was, I don't know what it was. They'd always come after him. Nice. No, never well, viciously, but anyway. Let's talk about some of the benefits of camping, because I was actually reading some research that came out just recently. So the University of Colorado, they did this really cool research, and basically what they were looking at was the ability of camping to help stressed out, busy people reset their, their clocks, basically, reset huh. your, your, your time zone. <laughs> and so what they found was that for people who were like really stressed out, who weren't sleeping, who were you know, having other health issues as a result of that, then just one week of camping was actually able to completely reset their circadian rhythms get them back into the zone and help them de-stress and unwind. I was wow. like, that's awesome. That's really cool. And that's funny because that's my biggest excuse is I don't have time. There's too much on. I'm too stressed. Yeah, yeah, there you <laughs> go. And, and I know, you, I've experienced that. Like, anytime I go camping, it's like, you know, you're, you're outside. There's no lights to keep you up. You know, you end up going to bed so much earlier. You're so much more relaxed. There's no gadgets to distract you. You just completely switch off and unwind. And you feel so damn good afterwards. Yeah, and you're usually really tired after what you've been doing throughout yeah. the day yeah. as well. So I know when I did the Great Ocean Walk, which was six-day hike, we camped in a tent every night. We were in bed at dark. Like, I would say we ate dinner, we cleaned up as it was getting dark, and then we had our little headlamps in the tent and maybe read for half an hour, and then we were asleep. And you're up with the sun. That's the, the beauty yeah, of it. Yeah, I do and, love that. And the only problem with that is it seems to do the exact opposite for the kids. 
like, I've got two kids who like religiously go to bed like 7 o'clock, 7.30 every single night, like happy to go to bed, no problems. They get in the tent. They're just like so excited to be there. They just want to sit up and gamble the whole night, do not want to go to sleep. I'm like, I'm tired, guys. Like, I need to go to sleep. Yeah, they just want to sit up and chat. It's quite you got to put them though. in the tent a couple hours earlier then. Yeah, no, that doesn't work. <laughs> but it's very cute and it's good fun. Yeah. I remember actually I've just it's just dawned on me that I have been camping since I was 15 and my best friends from uni are going to hate me for not remembering that because I went when I was in third year except we probably pushed that memory aside because we had like the biggest debate about chiropractic both nights we were up until 2 or 3 a.m talking chiropractic so nice. that was that that was a pretty cool camping trip and that was in intense and you know uh, Living off the land, so to speak. Yeah. So well, that's good. Isn't that just one of the other benefits of camping? That like you don't have all the other distractions. You get mm. to just sit there and have like really good conversations. Absolutely. Like really engage with each other. There's no TV. There's no anything else. You're just like going to sit around and chat and really bond and sort of reconnect with people, which I think is fantastic as well. Yeah. So, yeah, and waking up to that fresh air, there's just there's just yeah. nothing like like it's it. It's amazing to you know living. get up. I can't. You know, I usually have to go to the bathroom pretty early in the morning. And so I'm always up at the crack of dawn. And, you know, you put on your shoes and you put on your sweater, jumper, whatever you guys call it. Um, and, and then that's when everything's so calm. So if you're near a lake or whatever, you've got the fog on the lake or you've got the sunrise and you've got the dew and everything's just quiet. And it's just so wonderful. Yeah, and the other thing that I've been thinking about a lot recently was we did an interview on the Wellness Guys with Nicole Bildsma, mm-hmm. and she spoke all about EMF radiation and just how much that affects us and how much it interacts with our body, and it's full on, like, worth having a listen to, but it's kind of scary, like, you kind of go, oh, maybe I wish I didn't hear that because <laughs> I'm surrounded by it, but I think that is one of the other advantages of getting out and going camping is you're just getting away from all of that, like, you're out of range of all of those buzzing, you know radiation things that are coming out and and you're just moving far enough away from that that you are enabling your body once again to reset and to unwind and to sort of get back into its own rhythm which is actually i think really important and i think more important than we've ever realized i think a lot of us have sort of thought of emf as like oh yeah whatever like these imaginary waves whatever but you know the the research is really coming out to show that that's a real and significant issue going on Mm -hmm. yeah okay so while we're talking gadgets Let's talk camping gadgets. Guys, if I'm going to go camping, what are the what's the equipment? What do I need? What what's I, I guess probably the basics would be some sticks and some some blankets. I know my brother and I had many a tent up in our um, top floor bedroom back in Malaysia, but yeah. if well, we're out in the wilderness, the what number do we one need? thing you need, Jana, is you. Ah, oh, uh, right. That's it. Right? Okay, you, done. You I can do, do that. that. You just go outside and just lie down on the ground and have a sleep. It's fine. Right? So camping isn't actually just the sleeping bit. <laughs> well, you might have to hunt some stuff, but you know, you can sharpen a stick, you'll be fine. So I need a knife because yeah. my hand isn't quite yeah, yeah. firm enough to be sharpened. Or sticks. just be really good at running, right? Because you can just run ah. after stuff until they pass out because that's what we used to do. So, but no, you probably want a little bit more than that. <laughs> so I grew up always thinking that you needed a tent. Yeah. But you guys have these weird things in Australia. What are they called? Swags. 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 Now, these are really odd contraptions. Maybe you can explain okay, so a little So swag bit. is basically just like a heavy-duty sleeping bag, right? So it's made of, like, canvasy sort of material, and so it's waterproof. So you basically just get into your swag, you pull it up over, it's got a little flap that can come up over your head, and that's it. You're just in this, like, kind of waterproof, heavy-duty sleeping bag. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. That's like my worst nightmare because, because <laughs> you're on the ground with yeah. all of the snakes and spiders. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> That's kind of part of the fun, right? Right. Okay. Just checking. 
so anyways, if you don't want a swag, and they do have these elaborate swags too, you can get like stands for yeah, them, you, you can like, get like domed ones, and it's basically a tent on stilts, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. But for me, we just have a tent, it's a two-man tent, it's, uh, it fits two people comfortably with a little bit of extra room, but some people have these really intense ones, they're just like one-person tents and you've got like a foot above you of, <laughs> of tent space, or they have these huge ones, I know, yeah, that was my family. <laughs> yeah, you've got like compartments, so you've got yeah. your like entryway, and then you've yeah. got your Kitchen, living room. room. Yeah, and... seriously, if your tent's got more than one room, you're not camping, I reckon, <laughs> like, that just doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, vestibule, ours has a vestibule, so like you have the tent and then the fly goes out a little bit extra. Yeah, that's, that's like a veranda, right? Yeah. That's like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, some of the campsites I actually saw these tents had verandas. So yeah, yeah. Um, so basically, there's all different levels. Uh, if you want to carry it, I wouldn't recommend the kind with more than one room. <laughs> but if you have a car, it's not so bad. Or kids, it's probably not so bad either. Yeah, yeah. And that's really it. Like you need some cook cooking equipment. So you know, you just get yourself those little sort of. If you're hiking, it's just those little like fold out sets. It's got a little pot and a little pan and. Yeah, you know, like and something you can cook on. Or... Yeah, little knife and fork set. You know, those little ones that clip together, your little knife and fork. And... Oh, see, mine's a spork. So it's a fork oh, and yeah. a knife on one side and a spoon on the other side. Oh, a splade. Oh. A splade? Yeah. <laughs> mine's like, the, mine's spoon, like the spoon. Spoon blade. Mine's oh. like the spoon that then the like the fork slides into and then the knife slides into and oh. they all click together. They're great. Yeah. <laughs> and our stove is really cool because you can actually f- fill it with any kind of fuel. So you can go to the petrol gas station and actually fill it with that and it'll burn that. You don't have to get one of those specific butane burners. So we're not doing campfires and hands? Like I'm doing campfires. <laughs> oh, well, we were going to get to that later, but so many places in Australia, you can't have a campfire. That's, well, that's true. Yeah, it depends true. on what time of year you're camping. So I, I tend to just not camp in the middle of summer because I'm like, I don't want to go camping if I can't have a campfire. <laughs> I'll wait until like just, just before the start of fire band season or just after the end of fire band season when it's like the weather's still okay, but I'm allowed to have a fire. And so I just wait until then. I'm like, I don't, I'm not interested in going camping if I can't have a fire. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I think... Um... I don't think in New Zealand when we went, we were allowed to have fires. We weren't allowed to have them on the Great Ocean Walk. So I've yeah. honestly, I've kind of given up on the campfires in Australia. I haven't had one in Australia, so I've been waiting for an invite from Brett. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, if you had a campfire, and in my Canadian days when we had campfires, um, there are just some delicious things you can cook on them. I know I can tell you the best steak that I ever had, and I hope my dad's listening to this, because the best steak that I've ever eaten was just like... I think it was just like a cheap normal steak with some lemon pepper but we were camping for the weekend and he cooked it over a campfire while our friends were all having hot dogs and you know I got this delicious steak for dinner and I can still remember it and I know I've had top-notch expensive restaurant steaks since then but that was the best steak that I've ever had. Uh, it's the power of exclusivity. Yeah and I think that's <laughs> the thing about campfire cooking right is that you know I think a lot of people are going about oh you know what recipes do you take when you're cooking and like it's just simple like just keep it simple like meat a few veggies you know chuck them on the hot plate away you go. Like, oh, it sounds it really, like my normal dinner. Exactly. <laughs> it is so paleo and it's so easy. Like, you know, you get up in the morning, you put on like some bacon and eggs, some mushrooms, some tomatoes, some capsicum, like just chuck it all on the hot plate, fry it up, away you go, breakfast. Like, I'm done. sorry, Brett, that's still harder than oatmeal. 
Yeah, probably. It's a hell of a lot tastier and it's so yeah. much more fun. And, you and you'll get more on the energy and, and you won't need to eat again an hour later. Yeah, That's exactly. Right. And then it's the same at dinner. It's like a bit of meat on the barbie, you know, chuck in some veggies, cook, fry them up. Wait, like it's just simple food, like just keeping it basic. And in many ways you do that anyway because you don't have all of the condiments there that you have when you're in home. So you haven't got any of that other stuff. So you just cook simple stuff. And it always tastes awesome when you're camping. I don't know if it's just because you're camping, because you're relaxed, because you're super hungry because you've been out and about but it always tastes so good when you're camping it's got that kind of smoky flavor it's the best and you have to put the effort into making it you have to put the effort into lighting your fire and washing the dishes at the end it 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 takes a hell of a lot longer to do it but i think that's why it's more satisfying the best bit for me it's like the challenge of getting the fire like just right so i can cook the food just right i'm Mm -hmm. such a pyromaniac i love it it's great Oh, All right, so off the food, onto the sleeping sleeping equipment. So sleeping bag, air mattress, pillow, what do you do? Air mattress, come on. Right, I didn't think you would. Good. <laughs> I actually, I was the Cairo, like yeah. I hate air mattresses, but I, I, you know, and I'm definitely warming to the more solid the ground, the better. Yeah, so I'm, I'm like a sleeping bag and sometimes a little like thin roll mat, you know, like a, a centimetre thick little bit of foam just to get the rocks out your back, you know, mm-hmm. and that's yeah. about all I'll usually do. Yeah, so I have one of those self-inflatable little foam, thin, thin <laughs> things. Yeah, well, the foam, the thing is, so we're trying to get all our gear down as small yeah, and light yeah. as possible. So the actual foam ones are big and bulky. They are. So, so you've got to get down. the... Oh, <laughs> sometimes you're camping on a rock face or like, I don't know. I, yeah, I've seen those pods. That's what I want. One of those tents that hangs off the rock. That's kind of cool. Like if you're sleeping in your backyard on your nice grass, mm. then you'd probably be fine because I do that in the summer all the time. But definitely, I don't know. Your camping situation is always unpredictable and you might have tree roots and stuff. I, I, I would be hesitant to a little bit of foam is a good idea i reckon yeah it's worth the extra weight to carry you asked us for advice remember i know i know sorry sorry (laughs) sorry it just it does it's yeah yeah and then then a good lantern's a good idea i reckon just a good lantern so you can have it in your tent you want to get up and take a pee in the middle of the night you know it's always good to have a little bit of light so you can see where you're going (laughs) yeah agreed and torch that's not yeah, so yeah. do that too. I, I, I like to have a lantern because you can hang it from the middle of your tent. So when you're getting organized, particularly when you're like getting kids in bed and trying to organize all that sort of stuff, you just hang it from the roof of your tent so you can see everything that's going on. We just hang our it. tiny little flashlight yeah. from the top of the tent. Yeah, we've, yeah, we've got a, an LED light thing that has a hook on it so I could use yeah. that. That'll, that'll work. That'll do mm-hmm. the job. But yeah, a light's a good idea. Mm, light source, like it. Yeah, but I mean, generally, it's probably okay to go by the moonlight. If there is a moon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Depends on the time of the month. If yeah. it's a full moon, you're good. If it's a new moon, you're going to yeah. be in trouble. Yeah. And you're not dealing with pooey nappies. Like, you, oh, just yeah. to, you just want a light to see what's going on. <laughs> Trust me. Like, it's just not cool. <laughs> yeah. And then the actual sleeping bags. This has been interesting for me, too, because in Canada, I had really thick, heavy sleeping bags, and those are just not as necessary here. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Pretty much any time of year, they're not as necessary. So what do you use? Yeah, I've just got like a thin, cheap little sleeping bag and I usually sleep my beanie on. That's like my thing I yes. do. <laughs> Keep my head warm and I'm all cozy. I'm sweet. I reckon I'd need a Canadian sleeping bag anyway. I'm such a wuss when it comes to the cold. <laughs> yeah, well, I couldn't do the cheap thing, sleeping bag thing. Sometimes it gets too hot though. And then you're like, oh, got to tear that off. That's Especially right. with a really good terrible. down one. Yeah. Oh, I love our sleeping bags. They're down and so fluffy and nice. yeah, wonderful. Um, so what else, what else do we need here? We've got, 
What do you, what do you guys do during the day when you're camping? Often for me, I'm fishing. I, I like to go camp somewhere near the ocean so I can go and fish during the day. Often that's the reason I go camping, is I go somewhere near the ocean so that I can camp there and then fish. And I pretty much just go out and fish all day off a jetty or off the beach or whatever. Um, so often for me, it's fishing. Um, I really like hiking. I, I, you know, I like to do camps. And I've been able to do this recently, obviously, with the kids, but I can't wait till the kids get old enough they can come hiking with me. I'm really looking forward to that. So we can sort of just set off for a day or a couple of days or whatever and just stop along the way. I reckon that's going to be awesome. Um, I love kayaking. Once again, I haven't done that for ages. So these are kind of things I'm looking forward to when the kids just get that little bit bigger to be able to go and do these adventures. And, yeah, uh, I really want to try like a canoe camping trip. Yeah, yeah. So there's um, Algonquin Park in Canada, I know does these all the time. And I know there's places in New Zealand and I'm sure in Australia too, though you guys don't have very many lakes. But um, but I'm really looking forward to giving that a try. Yeah, well I think Beth has been like just so not up for these kind of adventures, just not her thing at all. So I just got to wait till the kids get a bit bigger. So why, why can't you go hiking with them now? Why can't you just strap them to your chest and away you go? I could, but... I don't have to both of them so yeah. having the two kids I it just I wouldn't hike that far probably right like as in if I'm hiking through the Adelaide Hills with two right. kids being carried plus a pack with my or tent one carry and, my... and one trailing behind with yeah. little tiny steps yeah exactly it'd just be <laughs> yeah. a bit slow and a bit tedious I think so when they're a little bit bigger then we'll be set and ready to go but how much do you see when you're on a hike anyway like would it really be that much more to go three times the distance I don't know. Just kind of, yeah, I reckon. That's Maybe that's because I've got a photographer me. mind, right? So I'm thinking what I would be doing would be f- doing photography and painting. And, you know, Luke's not into fishing, so I don't know what he'd be doing. But, um, you know, when I've done my hikes with photography, it's sort of, you know, once you've seen one thing, it's, you can just reframe it to get as much different stuff as you need to. So. Yeah, yeah. No, that's no, I'm not like a, the point, I'm like though. a serious hiker. I'm like, let's see how far we can hike in the day yeah. and see how much stuff we can see. Like, Yeah, I think I'm a tragic. I'm, I'm off. Trekking. Just not a caveman, apparently. <laughs> I'm demoted. Maybe next off time I do it. Show. I, might, I might do my next one barefoot. That'd be so good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm excited. Yeah, well, it's about the views and the accomplishment at the end of the day too. Like I, again, the Great Ocean Walk that we did, it was just it. We didn't actually do 91 kilometers, but the hike was 91 kilometers long, and that's a feat. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. know. It, it was still coastline and forest most of the way, and it was quite repetitive and you know when you're trudging along at kilometer 20 in the day you're kind of like oh my gosh i don't need to see another tree but you know it's it's, it's true that the further you go the more you see like the more waterfalls you're going to see the more views you're going to see the more you know just different stuff the more animals you're going to see like the, mm-hmm. so the further you go in the day the more you are going to get to see and experience fair enough yeah yeah cool <laughs> But um, the one thing that I've gotten into since moving to Australia is doing some bird watching. So I bought a camera with a really good zoom lens and it's been, maybe that was the thing, like on a hike you just go to A to Z, but if you're bird watching or you're looking for something specific, it makes makes it more of a mission, I guess. So you're like, oh, I know what birds are in this area, so let's see which ones I can find. Or like, let's actually stop here for half an hour and sit quietly and see what birds you see. Because you don't see them while you're trying not to trip on the tree roots in front of you. Hmm, Didn't think about that part. Because when I am in my photography mind, I just, the rest of the surfaces disappear. I bump into things, back into people. So, okay, I'm going to have to practice this. I think, I think I've got a chance to practice this soon. So that's yeah. good. 
Definitely. Good, good, good. And then there's the, the two different things, right? Because if you're hiking to get to a destination because that's your next campsite and you've got all your stuff on your back, that's really different from just doing a day hike out of your campground sort of thing for the day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, one of the one of the ones I want to do is I'm really keen to do the Kokoda Trail, like the yeah, which is obviously in Papua New Guinea. I don't know if you've heard of that, Steph, but it's kind of a famous trail. Uh, was you know fought in World War. Two. I've got that right, haven't World I? I was going to say it yeah. when I hope I got that wrong. In World War Two, I've read about three books about it, and uh, and so it's a really famous sort of Australian iconic hike that you can do, and it takes you know quite a couple of weeks. It's like full on through Papua New Guinea, really tough, really mountainous, wet, boggy. Like it's kind of it's a real challenge. A lot of the football teams go and do it as like a bonding mm-hmm. sort of thing. And so, um, yeah, I really want to go and do that at some stage. And so, yeah, you, can, you know, you can start amazing. getting out and doing these sort of adventures too. You don't have to be camping inside Australia. Um, one of my other things that I've always wanted to do is that at some stage in my life, I'm going to spend six months living on a deserted island. I've wanted to do it <laughs> wow. since I was really little. And like literally, like the others, just like literally just go with like a knife and a flare. That's like my aim. Right? So it's like the knife is to kind of, you know, do all the stuff I need to do. The flare is like, okay, if the, you know what, hits the fan, I just like fire the flare and I can be rescued. <laughs> but aside from that, it's like I just stay there for the six months, just live off the land, just live completely completely caveman and like I said I've always wanted to do it I'm definitely going to do it at some stage in my life and um, yeah that's like the ultimate camping right? sounds good you better do it soon though Brad I heard news about the uh, ice caps melting and all of the coastal areas disappearing so yeah. you know there can't be that many deserted islands left oh, there should be more new ones <laughs> some will get swamped other ones will get there might be people on them already yeah. but yeah <laughs> not if they're underwater that's oh, a, dark, Steph, dark. Yeah, that's right. Sorry, <laughs> no, you brought it up. That's true. I'll I find did. one. I'll find one. Once the kids are old enough and they've gone off and done their own thing and I can't just sneak <laughs> off for six yeah. months, I'm off. I'm gone. But I guess that's the thing. Like, Yana, who hasn't been camping in a while, isn't going to go camp on a deserted island. She's going to phase it in. I love, <laughs> that actually appeals to me a lot more than, than some of the other camping stuff we've talked about. So there you go. Apparently, okay. I'm a person who likes challenges. Like There's got to be a go. point to it, right? Yeah. You just told us earlier that you were a princess. I am a princess, but if there's a challenge to be accomplished, that intrigues me. So you're a warrior princess. Hey, Xena, bring it on. (laughs) I don't know. For me, it's always been a progression. So it it used to be how many bins did you need in the car and how big of a cooler did you need because you had to have all your food. But now um, we're really trying to be minimalistic about what we bring camping, Ryan and I, and and the coolest thing that we did on the Great Ocean Walk was that we packed a frozen some frozen steaks to cook on our first night because those will last a couple days. Like if you freeze yeah, them, yeah. so you don't have to worry about being all non-perishable foods and stuff. You really can make some of the stuff last if you don't have a cooler. And um, we're gonna do a hike in New Zealand as well around a volcano, and that I'm pretty sure is what I'm gonna do. I'm going with three other paleo people. Incidentally, all geologists. Um, (laughs) They like to rough it, so it's going to be really cool. But the other things that are really good to bring with you, and we talked about them all on these shows, is basically all the same snacks that we talk about over and over and over again. You know, the nuts and every variation of the nut balls that you can make and (laughs) the dried fruit and stuff like that. Just... You can make some really nice stuff. It does get more challenging if you're flying overseas to go camping because you can't bring that stuff with you. Mm. But um, if you're 
you know, going locally, you can bring that stuff. And if you are going overseas and you just buy that when you get there. To be honest, I don't know a lot of people buy you stuff that actually fly overseas to go camping. It's oh, we have it down to a here. science. We can fit all of our stuff in two duffel bags. Especially Australians, right? We have so many places to go camping in Australia, so you're pretty safe there. But no, you're not I safe commend because you. there are spiders and oh, snakes. Sure. Spiders <laughs> and snakes. No, I look, love that many deaths. I have been camping a bunch in in Australia. It's yeah. just um, yeah. time for broader horizons. New Zealand's next on, next on the list. Yeah, and look, this is probably the only time that I agree with tinned fish as well. Is you know, if you do have to bring non-perishable food with you, it does end up being a better option than you know spaghetti and, and you did some really cool stuff with your dehydrator last time as well right yeah but again you can't bring that overseas <sighs> so yes if you have a dehydrator and you want to do a hike that you're not going interstate even in australia <laughs> then it's awesome so i dehydrated squash slash pumpkin um <laughs> broccoli i did i actually did rice like a chicken rice thing um Beef jerky, tons of beef jerky. Mm, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, lots of really delicious stuff. And then the meal is super easy when you actually get there yeah, as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, nice. That's a really good tip for people who are going hiking and camping. Is just make it super easy for you. Yeah, definitely. So we have a pretty exciting announcement. Very exciting. Um, mm. Which one of you guys wants to share it? Oh, I get the honours. Okay, so we are going to do... A cave camp! Yeah. Hooray! How cool is that? So we're going to do a paleo show six months on a desert. No. (laughs) (laughs) So what we're going to do is we're going to get a group of people together and um, we're going to go camping in the Adelaide Hills. So it's going to happen next year, May the 23rd to May the 25th, 2014. And we have lots more information to share with you, but I don't know how much we're going into today. Well, I can say that it's, it's not really going to be camping. We are going to be staying in a bunkhouse. So, <laughs> so we will actually have beds, but we're definitely going to have open fires Hooray! and camps. And there'll definitely be some hiking and some functional fitness. There's going to be some cooking. cooking demonstrations. There's going to be some talks and lectures. There's going to be all sorts of stuff for you to, to make it really easy to start implementing that paleo lifestyle into your life. And, yeah, lots of hands-on stuff. Lots of really hands-on stuff. And you're just going to go away with so many, like all the skills you need to live a paleo life, basically. Um, so it's going to be super exciting. And you're going to be able to get all of the details on our new website, which we're really excited about. So you can go to www.thatpaleoshow.com and you can check out all the information about that. Uh, as well as a whole bunch of other information about us, if you want to book us to speak, all sorts of stuff like that. Yeah, and we're just really excited. I think the thing that I'm most excited about is to have a group of people all together in one place, isolated from everything else, where we just get to be paleo for a whole weekend, and we get to do everything and meet each other and learn tips from each other as well as from us. And just like hang out in loincloths and... (laughs) (laughs) be you Brennan, I don't think I'll be okay, if that's going to deter any of you from coming, just let us know and we'll make sure he doesn't do it uh, 
It's going to be so much fun though. Seriously, we're going to have a blast. Yeah, we're just, we're so excited. And incidentally, we had planned to do this episode before we were going to even announce that. So it just worked out really well that we got to talk all about camping today. And then we got to tell you our really exciting um, cave camp retreat news. So again, you guys can visit thatpaleoshow.com for all of our information. And I guess until next week, check us out on Facebook, share your story, and help to grow the Paleo Tribe worldwide. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Hi, Damien Christoph from 100 Not Out here. Wow, what a world of summit we had in Melbourne. 600 people filled the Crown Conference Centre to listen to Cindy O'Meara and her Up For A Chat colleagues, David Gillespie, Ron Ehrlich, Nicole Bilgema and the Wellness Guys, of course. And guess what? We recorded every single minute of it. That's right. You can see nine world-class speakers with over seven hours of footage in the comfort of your own home. How cool is that? The best news is, until midnight Saturday the 7th, September 2013, this pack is just $147. Then it'll go to $197. So to pre-order your Wellness Summit Home Study Program for just $147, go to www.thewellnesscouch.com and click on Shop. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.